The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, just like Solomon, God gave Israel many blessings and great favor, but... By way of appreciation, they intermingled with the world around them to such a degree that they became polluted. We aren't supposed to withdraw from the world, but we're not supposed to look like the world either. Next, when the world becomes a person's G, or God, it creates disaster. It's all about the big G, not the little g. We talked about what holy means and being separated last week. But we have big problems when you can't tell the difference between Christians and worldly leaders. Yikes. And finally, Ezra's reaction may seem silly to us. Pulling his hair was his reaction, and that would be a part of the problem. Not that the world is so ungodly that it continually invents new ways of doing evil with all its worldly influencers leading the way. That's normal. But that we Christians don't have a strong enough reaction when the church morphs into worldliness and we are not nauseated. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can do that live during the show. It gets right to me on my $1.19 Chromebook right here. You can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483, live during the show. You can also call us, 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, Terrific T will answer the phone. And that is terrific. Now, here's the simplicity of it all, okay? We, we pretty much tell you that any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It's just radio. It's kind of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. The idea behind this is that you might share, you might have a thought, a comment, a question. You might have a praise report or a prayer request, possibly an answer to trivia. Speaking of which, we'll offer up our trivia question real quickly. Which gospel was written by an ex-tax collector? Which gospel was written by an ex-tax 
Tax collector. Tax collector. If you think you know the answer, you can call in, by the way, 972-445-0770 or text 214-210-8483. Or you can also go to he must in- or you can email David at he must increase.org. Uh, in the meantime, I don't want you to forget that if you go to the website, he must increase.org, there's a chance to get a book, there's a chance to give, there's a chance to look at different things, and there's a chance to criticize the website because I did a pretty poor job. Check out he must increase.org. Website he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie artichoke. Don't forget I've told you before that okie dokie artichoke is a theological term. Because I say so. Uh, which gospel was written by an ex-tax collector? If you think you know the answer to that, you are welcome to call. You are welcome to text. You are welcome to email. I will give you a brief announcement. i got to be careful, actually, on how I tell you this. Is this weird or what? However... After talking to the powers that be at the educational center of my existence, so for those that don't know, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I have a Baptist, a Pentecostal, and a charismatic ordination and turned down a different ordination from a different group. That, and there's a whole thing behind that. I'll tell you about that some other time. And then I have a BA degree in ministry and leadership, a master's degree in theological study, and I'm fi- fi- finalizing on my doctorate, which it's turning out to be strategic Christian ministry, which who knew they even had that? Uh, and part of that is I have a last project. I've gone through all this stuff. I have one more eight-week class, and then I'm in my project. The project has to do with the radio show. So I'm interested, now watch how I say this, in what different people think would be a cool project to help the radio show be more of a blessing to people. (laughs) So I can't say that. Can I say that any clearer? In other words, we want to continually be a blessing to people. So, you know, one of the things you might say is, oh, well, we want to grow the radio show so it reaches more people. Or you might say, oh, we want to connect voices and faces and get everybody together or different things like that. Whatever it is you can come up with, you are welcome to reach out by email, by text, by whatever. Just you don't have to answer right away. Just think about it. I got a couple weeks to do this. What would be a cool project? Because they're giving me some leeway and I might be able to get it through. Nobody's done it this way before. And that's why we're doing it, <laughs> okay? So help me define a project that will make the radio show more of a blessing to people. There you go. That's it in a nutshell. Come up with some ideas. I put it in all of your capable hands. And you don't have to answer right away, by the way. Just take your time, think about it, give it a little, you know, ooh, ooh that's interesting. Okay, so in the meantime, we are going to go into the book of Ezra. If anybody calls in during that, we'll break and give them a chance to answer the trivia question. But I want to go into Ezra because we are in Ezra chapter 9. And this is a really important portion 
specifically because of the way that the church operates, we need to be aware of this. Here's what it says. Uh, Here's Ezra, and he's praying, and they've told him that there's some problems going on. This is what it said. Uh, Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. But then the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel, and even some of the priests and Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the other peoples living in the land. They have taken up the detestable practices of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. I just want you to stop right there and hear what's being said to Ezra and understand why this is important. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 said, follow me as I follow Christ. You don't follow Paul where he's not following Christ. You don't follow any leader when they're not reflecting Jesus Christ, period. And for all those people that are like, well, my pastor wields a certain amount of authority, he wields, he yields and wields as much authority as you give him. He doesn't have a special connection to God better than yours. The blood of Jesus doesn't work for him or for anybody better than it works for you. It's the same. And you are to respect and honor leaders that are worthy of that respect, who have committed themselves and demonstrated over time, and their commitment is genuine. But you are also to be aware that leaders in the church, in the church, will mix too much of detestable practices. Now, before you start texting me and emailing me and saying, well, that's what I think when I go to this church, or that's what I think when I go to this church, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the leaders at their hearts. Some of them are just the best lights out. I'll tell you right now, they're a hundred times better than I will ever be. But some leaders have got enough darkness that's kind of flowing through there that there's other agendas going on, and we need to have a standard to evaluate that by, and that standard is Christ-likeness. That's what you use. You use the Word of God. You make sure the standards are fulfilled by well, the qualifications, but you are in no less position and no less loved than any leader, period. Do not Think of yourself as less than. Jesus died for you as much as for anybody else. Okay. Now we have somebody who wants to answer a trivia question? Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. How are you feeling? Well, you know what? I'm going to go to a new doctor on Wednesday. And so I've been praying about that, you know, and he may have all the answers that I need. All right. Well, we will pray with you that the Lord will guide you in this process and give the doctor wisdom. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Now, Mary, we only got about 40 seconds so I'm going to need you. Yeah, you know, I know. I know. Isn't that terrible? But I need you to answer the trivia question, and I feel pretty strongly you can do it. Can you tell me which gospel was written by an ex-tax collector? 
That was Matthew. That is correct, Amanda! All right, now here's what I'm going to say because we have to answer, but I want everybody in the audience to make a commitment to pray for Mary that the, the, the Lord will direct the doctor and strengthen her so she will feel better. Is that good? Good. Thank oh, you. You are more than it. And we love you. You know that, right? <laughs> we love okay. you. You're great. Thanks, Mary. All righty. Okay, David, I love you and the Lord, too, okay? Take, take care. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Great job by Mary. She did a wonderful job. Make sure you pray for her. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Destroying everyone and everything we find. The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas. 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way, it's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me. You're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. And then he does this. One radically crazy, nutsy, cuckoo line. Just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, that attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. I'm, here I am. 
Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Yeah, that's right. Better get used to that one, people. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, let me put this. I'm just writing down this final piece. Uh, don't forget, we're asking you, how can the show be more of a blessing to people? We're going to use that as a doctorate project. I don't know. It's crazy, isn't it? We like that kind of stuff. Uh, the other things I got to tell you. What's the other things I got to tell you? Uh, what are, we're doing trivia. That's what I got to do. <laughs> this is my brain. He doesn't have homework. He forgot where he is. What? I'm where? What am I doing? Here we go. Oh, we got to play the horn. Play the horn. Play the horn. Okay. You guys know what that means. Yeah, I mean, by now you probably know what that means. True or false, the Gospels describe one visit Jesus made to Malta. True or false, the Gospels describe one visit Jesus made to Malta. If you uh, know the answer to that, you can call in 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. For those that are joining us for the first time, keep in mind, uh, I already know I'm a bit of a nut job, so that's why you just have to love me. Jesus said we have to love one another. I'm one of those one another's. You have to love me. Again, the question is, is true or false? The Gospels talk about Jesus going to Malta. True or false? If you know the answer, 972-445-0770-214-210-8483. And then david at hemustincrease.org. Here is our terrible... It's, it's only funny because I'm... I'm a a dad, uh, a you know a a parent, a grandparent. This is the only reason this is funny. You have to understand that when kids are typically starting out, where they think everything is coming from. Think of that when we tell this wonderful, brilliant joke. Ready? Okay. This is called God will provide. Okay, but but it's humorous quip, so everybody relax. A young woman brought her fiancé home to meet her parents. After dinner, her mother told her father to find out about the young man. The father invited the fiancé to his study for a talk. So what are your plans? The father asked the young man. I'm a biblical scholar, he replied. Hmm, a biblical scholar, the father said admirable. But what will you do to provide a nice house for my daughter to live in? I will study, the young man replied, and God will provide for us. And how will you buy her a beautiful engagement ring such as she deserves? asked the father. I will concentrate on my studies, the young man replied. God will provide for us. And children, asked the father, how will you support children? Don't worry, sir. God will provide for us. The conversation proceeded like this, and each time the father asked a question, the young idealist insisted that God would provide. Later, the mother asked, how'd it go, honey? The father answered, he has no job, he has no plans, and he thinks I'm God. (laughs) 
Come on, that's funny. <laughs> Come on, people. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, as an in-law, you could really appreciate that. <laughs> Just okay, all right. Okay, I'm going to carry on from what we were talking about. The trivia question is out there. If we don't get a call in, I'll answer it uh, later. Great job, by the way, by Mary. And then uh, uh, Donna Gale, great job by her earlier. So, And don't forget to keep both of them in prayer. So you got, see, well, I don't know. Who am I supposed to pray for? Well, here, Donna, okay, and Mary. There, there's, there's two people to pray for right there, okay? That's how you do that. All right, let's go into this next portion of text. I just want you to catch this this whole kind of moment that's taking place. So we're going to pick it up from uh, where they just told Ezra that a lot of the leaders, they're just involved in detestable practices. And we just talked about uh, somebody calling in, so we'll take that, but I'm just setting it up beforehand. Uh, the, the, the leaders were involved in, in detestable practices. And the problem is that when you can't tell the difference between a true Christian leader and not a Christian leader. And that's a problem. I don't think there's anybody uh, that that's really going to argue that who's an authentic Christian. You know, it's, the idea is not for us to be so blended in as there is no difference. Otherwise, that def- denies the opportunity for us to be lights in a, dener- in a generation of darkness. So it's like, that can't, it can't be that way. So the other part to that is for us to grasp that impact that that this has. So now I'm going to pick it up again in verse 2 in Ezra. Uh, this is the people telling—this uh, is chapter 9, verse 2. And this is the people telling Ezra the problem. The men of Israel have married women from the people and have taken them as wives for their sons. So the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. To make matters worse, the officials and the leaders are some of the worst— offenders. Now, understand what's going on. There is not a uh, prohibition. There is not a, a restriction on on people marrying different people. But there is a restriction on people marrying people who, when you have a Christian and a non-Christian or a anti-Christian, that's not something the Lord supports. That's not supported in the framework of Scripture. If you're already married and become a Christian, that's different. But the idea is that you, we should be joining with of, of like faith. In this case, Israel is specifically told that these groups that are mentioned are all groups that hate Israel and hate God. And so he's like, yeah, don't marry these people because these people are going to get you to be so polluted and convoluted, you're going to fall away from me. So it's not a mixed marriage argument and the people that are in like, you know, the— just be really nice about this. The people that think that theology and people that are you know like that or are purists are just theological nut jobs. I mean, just, just you don't even bother. It's like what? Are you, why would you waste your breath? You can't correct a fool because uh, they'll just you know think you're foolish. So it's like okay, forget that. Here's what you really want to understand: the pollution of the world should not impact us in such a way as that we become like the world, and the world, if you will understand it, is defiant against God. The world says we have the answers. We know the solutions. You know, right now, we've got a lot of things that are taking place in our country. We've got a major disease that's, you know, spreading across the country. You've got a lot of propaganda on both sides fighting back and forth as though any of this happened apart from God knowing, which is hilarious because God knows everything that's taking place. And then you got people arguing for this and people arguing for this. And the problem is right now, you can hardly tell the difference between the groups. 
All you can do is see one's on this side, one's on this side. Well, here's what I do know. I do know from Scripture you don't live in fear, but I also know from Scripture you don't live in stupidity. And I, and I will give props where they are due, and Oral Roberts should be one of the people that get acknowledged for this. Oral Roberts was a firm believer that God heals people. And then you know what he did right behind that with that ministry? Built the hospital. Because he also believes that God gives knowledge for people to utilize to help with that process, as well as do it miraculously. It's like, well, there you go. That's called balance. Did he always stay balanced? Nah. But was the idea behind that good? Sure. He's trying to say that there's some good that comes from the medical community, and there's some things that just got to be supernatural. God, that's what you got it. But we can be so polluted that we don't add the supernatural God part. And that's a problem. And you think, well, wait a minute, Dave. You sound like uh, one of those faith nuts. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm serving a God that resurrected the dead. So me believing that he can do cures, anything short of death, is not such a stretch. (laughs) I'm just saying. If God can raise the dead, he can heal people. Like, come on. And so the idea behind this is not to be so, wow, what's the word, so immersed in the world that we start thinking like the world, even if you take a different position from somebody else. Listen, you're a Christian. You're a light that shines. Right now on the sides of things that are going on in our country, not a lot of light shining. There's a lot of rock throwing, but there's not a lot of light shining, and that's a problem, right? How are you supposed to be a city on the hill when everybody's just shooting things at each other? Kind of hard to see, isn't it? All right. We do need to answer the trivia, so we want to make sure we understand that. And many of you caught it very good. Very, you guys are so much – oh, does somebody have the answer? Oh, I was going to give the trivia answer because somebody calling it the last second. Uh, nope. Okay. Nope, not going to happen. All right. So here's the deal on the trivia, so we want to give that answer. Here's the answer. Ready? When we ask true or false, the gospel describes one visit Jesus made to Malta. False. Not true, not true, not true, not true. The reality check is that Paul went to Malta, but Jesus never went to Malta. There was never any recording. But it just sounds really scriptural and biblical. And because people don't know their Bible, they need to be aware of those kind of things. There's always things that sound very spiritual, right? They sound, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of evil. Okay? Okay. Just making sure everybody stays on board. All right, I wanted to make sure you understand that, though, because I can promise you as things get worse and worse and worse and worse before the Lord comes back, there's going to be more Christians submerging into the culture of the world, and you won't be able to tell the difference. That's a problem. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. 
without weakening in his faith, his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not an impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment, God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing, it's a miracle. Exactly. And, and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, I really like that. I like that, the truth station. I just love that. The scriptures, John 17, 17. Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's like, there you go. There you go. Thy word is truth. All right. uh, Next trivia question. Ready? Ready? Who gave to God all the money she had to live on? Who gave to God all the money she had to live on and was noticed by Jesus? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can email david at hemustincrease.org. Which, of course, don't forget about our website. He must increase. You want to do the website thing? One more time. He must increase that. Or you can get a free electronic book. Or if you get the print one, I did find out today, by the way, the print are $6.95. We make $0.80 cents a book. 
80 cents a book. <laughs> we only need to sell. We only need to sell 400,000 copies for that to work. Uh, anyhow, uh, you can check that out. Uh, Bill M and I are going to be talking on the way home today, so we can go over some finals. We remember we have it up there, but we told you it's not perfect. It even says where the book is. It's not perfect. But that's okay. All right, we have somebody uh, calling in. Uh, they read. Nope, nope. Okay. So sometimes people call in and they like uh, got a suggestion or something for like what I said. How can we be more of a blessing? Deborah called in, gave a great suggestion. Great job, Deborah. That's a really good one. Um, and we're just gonna collect them and check it out. Here's the trivia question again: Who gave to God all the money she had to live on and was referenced by Jesus? In the meantime, we're gonna do. History. Here we go. Let's go Okay, a couple things on today for today. Now we got somebody calling in. Uh, we'll do the history and give them a chance. Today is National Roller Coaster Day. I used to enjoy roller coasters a little bit. Then I got older. Uh, my wonderful best friend, coolest person ever on the planet, uh, Noelle, my wife, she used to love roller coasters. And then we went to Disneyland one time, and we we she thought we were going on the carousel, and we went on the carousel that did the spinny, spinny, spinny anything and when we got off that she goes i'm not going on roller coasters ever again <laughs> see when you get older <laughs> your stomach goes somewhere up between your left nostril and your right ear you start thinking no that's not that fun uh today is cupcake day in australia but i like it I mean, it's cupcake day how's that bad and then uh, national bratwurst day uh also is today this is something most of you will not know this is a classic ready the first color cartoon with sound is made on this day in 1930. It was called Fiddlesticks. Isn't that weird? Oh, that's weird. Okay. All right. Somebody ready to answer the trivia? Okay. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, brother. This is uh, Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good brother? I'm blessed and doing good today. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen, brother. People love you. You are just one of the favorite people on the show. I just want to let you know that. People just really appreciate your sincerity, your faith. Uh, that other day when Eric was sharing about when you prayed, we're talking about Easton, that's just so moving. I played I played that for my wife. She was almost crying. I mean, it's just people are just really, you guys are great. I just think you're awesome. So, uh, just, a lot of pain and ministry in the world. And- we just got us. Just got to keep each other up as much as we can. That's right. The better, better, yeah. Right. So, anyway. Especially as you but, see that, is especially as we see the day approaching. You know what I mean? And you uh, know it's getting closer. You just wake up and go, uh oh. You can almost, yeah. you can almost feel mean. it. All right. All right, my good brother. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, you got to do the trivia question because we we had that's a that's a. Who gave to God all the money she had to live on that was referenced by Jesus? Uh, the, the widow woman in the That temple. is correct. Yes. Poor widow woman gave everything. And she didn't just she just gave what she had. You know, it's like everybody else gives out of their abundance. This lady's mm-hmm. giving out of her actual need. And that's what impresses God. I mean, that's worth All right. Now, do you want to share something? You want to ask something? Yeah, I, I, we're asking us for uh, opinions. Uh, 
You know, my favorite, one of my favorite shows is listening to people call in and you answer questions, and uh, everybody usually has the same thoughts and they get the same answers, and uh, you you influx more callers actually than you do now with trivia. I mean, trivia, we need trivia. <laughs> but uh, I thought like Monday, have a, a day for Old Testament teaching Tuesday, New Testament teaching Wednesday, have call ins, uh, answer and question and answer periods. Yeah. And then. Uh, the end, maybe prophecy type stuff and uh, whatever, like something like that. That's a great idea. I mean, that's another great idea. You guys are gonna just hold on another. Hold on, I gotta write it down because if you tell me that while I'm on the air and I don't write it down, it's gone. So hold on. <laughs> so, so so stall. Hum a hum a tune. Hold on, because <laughs> I gotta write this down. All right. So old like Old Testament question, New Testament question, like prophecy questions. It'll be funny if we did prophecy questions. I'll tell you why. Just because I'm uh, a manifold millennialist, which means I subscribe to all of the eschatologies. It's just fun, you know, to me it's like, yeah, because then yeah, every once in a while you go, yeah, this one's making sense. No, yeah, this one's making sense. No, this one's making sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a touchy subject in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's hard to teach and it's uh, hard to tell the truth sometimes about it. Yep. Because uh, we don't always know, but yeah, I just saw, you know, like Old Testament teaching on Mondays and then Tuesdays have New Testament teaching. And then have a call-in period on Wednesdays after you've covered those two. And then, uh, like I said, on the end, maybe it's a little bit of a prophecy. Good idea. And whatever. Good idea. I love it. I love it. That's a great idea. I've written it down. It's in the collection. So there that's a great job, oh, my we brother. Appreciate you. I appreciate you being there. And uh, we, all need it. we all need you and each other. So, uh, you know, a lot of times I have friends that I don't need. I, I, they don't need me, but <laughs> I need them. <laughs> so... Well, I need, I need you the same that you need me. So I'm going to leave it right there because without that, it doesn't work for me either. So that's important. Okay? Yeah, that's good. All right, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right, God bless good. you, brother. All mm-hmm. right, bye-bye. All right, good job by Ace. All right, let's get into this. Te- is there anything else we covered that, covered that, covered that, covered that, covered that? I think we covered everything. All right, let me – this is really – this is really – uh, you'll find this to be unique. Uh, picking it back up in Ezra chapter 9, verse 2. For the men of Israel have married for these people and have taken them as wives, and so the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages, referring to people that were the enemies of God. To make matters worse, the officials and leaders are some of the worst offenders. Now look at verse 3. Here, he, This is what I, this is I think the whole thing I wanted to get to is right here. When I heard this, I tore my clothing and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat down utterly shocked. Now, this is enough, right, for us to get a grip right here. When I heard this, I tore my clothing, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat down utterly shocked. So when he heard that Israel had just simply returned to the same sins that they had uh, committed prior and that had gotten them into trouble in the first place and it was one of the reasons they were carried off, why the northern tribe was carried off and the southern tribe was carried off, when this all was happening and then God's like, oh, you guys are in judgment, and then God goes, oh, here's mercy, you can come back, and they started doing the very same thing again Ezra 
Ezra tears his clothes, which, by the way, the tearing of the clothes has to do with it's uh, has to do with like a death, okay, like a destruction. And then it says that he he pulled hair from his head and from his beard. Okay, my son has one of those enormous beards. You know those big ones. You know, like the lumberjack kind of people. If he pulled hair from that beard, his voice would return to the age of when he was four. He would be like, and pulling hair, I think everybody already knows, pretty painful experience. But people mock Ezra because he tore his clothes and he pulled his hair and he pulled the hair off on his beard. He pulls off clunks of hair. And you think, wow, that's just radical. No, it's not. In fact, we should have more of that in our own spirit, in our own heart, when people do things that are supposed to be church connected, Christ honoring, and it's so worldly reflective that it dilutes genuine Christianity, we should be shocked. We should be like wanting to pull the hair off our head, tear our clothes. You want to know why? Because it's an offense to God. It's a stench in the nostrils of God, and it should be a stench in our nostrils as well. This idea, well, you know, they don't really mean it. These are the people that hate God, and they're mixing with the people of God, and they will help the people of God hate God. How bad is that? And so the response and the, 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 the outcry from Ezra, just think of that. I remember the first time I heard the story. I just, just pulls his hair, pulls the hair on his beard. He's shocked. We ought to be surprised and appalled when the church looks like the world. That ought to be the way we are. I can tell you one thing for sure. As the time gets closer before the Lord returns, the distinctions will become so defined. The divisions will be undeniable. We should be shocked when anybody in our realm acts like the other. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. 
Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the purpose of human creation? God was bored and wanted a tinker toy set to play with. He wanted a Petri dish to look at so he can go, <laughs> Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As opposed to the mindset that says, well, this whole thing is a divine experiment. The Lord was bored, impossible to be bored if you're not stuck by time, by the way. Oh, you you didn't think of that, right? Because he's not bound by time. The purpose of human creation ultimately is four words. Uh, Here we go. The purpose of creation for humanity? To fellowship with God. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I think that sounds pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. So I hope Don likes that. We'll have to get a cut for him and play it for him. Uh, Trivia. Oh, yeah. You know, it takes me a second. You know, there's a lot to do here. Okay. You know, I got to keep my desk organized. All right. Trivia question. Who did Jesus say, I'll probably get a little controversy on this, but not much. Who did Jesus say would be remembered whenever the gospel was preached throughout the world? Who did Jesus say would be remembered whenever the gospel was preached throughout the world? Who was he talking about? Who was he talking about? Okay. Remember, there was two. I'm going to thank Mary for that because she's the one that, that kind of really pointed that out because I had missed that before. Uh, there's two episodes of the same thing, so you're not looking for the proper name. That's kind of a nice way to – I think that's right. Boy, I hope I'm not wrong about that. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. One day off of homework and my brain just falls out of my head. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> – that's the sound of a brain falling out of a head. Okay, let's do a Greek uh, baklava sound. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I already said baklava, so it's not as fun. Uh, the word that we're going to talk here's the passage we're going to talk about. It's going to be John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the station is rebranding, not rebranding, but maybe 
maybe more clarifying its own identity, talking about being the station that's the truth station. And so here this passage, one of the major passages, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I want to talk about the word know. It's gnosko, gnosko in the Greek, and it has to do with understanding, recognizing, gaining knowledge. Now watch this. Gnosko is the knowledge that has an inception, a progress, and an attainment. In other words, it starts somewhere, it grows, and it gets to a certain point of completion. It's the recognition of truth by personal experience. Did you hear that? It's the recognition of truth by personal experience. That's the knowing part of you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, Gnosko. Isn't that cool? That's just like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, do we have somebody ready to answer the trivia? Good, I need help with this. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Joy Ann. Hi, so Joy good to talk Ann. to you. That's <laughs> so nice to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm so blessed, and we love to pray for you and all the audience. Oh, my, my awesome. Cordelia. And I have a younger sister, too, Yelena, who comes to visit with us, and she prays as well. So you awesome. got a trio going there. <laughs> you got it going on. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have the answer, I'm... and then I do want to comment on something if I have a chance. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Ready? All right, the trivia question is, who did Jesus say would be remembered whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world? It's the woman who bought the beautiful alabaster uh, jar of perfume and poured those on poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair and that, her tears. That is correct, Amanda! <laughs> Excellent Yay! job! Excellent job! That is exactly right. Fantastic. Good work there. All right, now, yeah, so you have a you. comment that you wanted to share? Yes. Um, oh, an idea for this show is, um, you know, it is so true that the Lord just uses so many wonderful circumstances and truth. I love that theme of truth in our life to um, glorify Him and to encourage our brothers and sisters. And one thing we've done in our Sunday school class the past couple of weeks is to let the different uh, participants get up and share for about 20 minutes just something the Lord has done amazing in their lives. So like last week in Sunday school, I shared about how the Lord provided for Cordelia and me, a number of appliances for just deep discount and almost free. And once one was free, a dryer was free from friends at church. And um, it's just so fun to share that and the specifics. And then also, I should say, I mentioned to the class how much of a blessing your show has been to me. So I wrote that on the bulletin board, you know, 770 AM, the David Spoon experience from one one thirty to three. But um maybe um in the future if you want to give the audience more of um opportunity, maybe four or five minutes to share a testimony. So many of us have incredible stories. One example yesterday was one of our class members had spent three days in the bathtub with the Lord because she had a stroke. But she said during that three days, he helped her not to be thirsty or hungry, and she sang praises to him until 
um, help finally came. So there are so many incredible stories out there, and um, maybe that could be part of the show format. I mean, I think you already do that, but just maybe more formally. Got it. Excellent, excellent suggestion. So I've already written that. I wrote it down while you were saying it because if I didn't, you know. I would... <laughs> so I already written out. Excellent, and, and excellent we, and job. And we loved your book. Your book is so did, beautiful. Oh, did you guys finish? Every... Did you have a chance Pardon? to finish it, the book? Yes, yes. And and I plan to send it to you with my markings if that's okay. Sure. It's so tremendous, but it might be helpful for you just to look at where I have my little tabs and my highlighters. You so, got it. I've already made that, like another okay. 120 correct. I mean, I, you just wouldn't believe. It's, it's, well, to me, it's a perfect book. <laughs> this is the heart of it. <laughs> I, it even says up there, it's not professionally written, but it's real. <laughs> well, it's close. It really is. It, it's just such a blessing. So awesome. good timing. We need it right now. So That's anyway, fantastic. thank you for letting me share my observations. God bless you. God bless you, too. Excellent job. Okay, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Bye-bye. 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 All right. It's just like... That's, that makes my job easier. <laughs> just saying, that's just that'd be awesome. So I definitely want to. You know, so we're, we're, what I'm doing is writing these things down. And the reason that we're doing that, and I want to make sure people understand what's going on. This isn't to get out of work or something like that. I mean, uh, if you guys have listened to the show any length of time, I could talk forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and that's part of the problem right there. Um, the bottom line is, though, we want the audience to be. This is all about us strengthening one another and and in embracing the declaration that comes from Jesus Christ, that we are dependent on one another and fully dependent on God, and we should be looking up, looking in so that we're honest in our reflection and growing like Jesus, and then looking out and taking care of one another. So that's just all, all we're trying to do is get there even more so, and it's just a wonderful thing. This has been one of my absolute favorite Christian communities ever in my in my walk. So I'm just really blessed by that. So great suggestions. All right, let me finalize on the Ezra thing. Uh, I think this is a kind of an important part, but it, it's a stopping point. We'll do that. A- any suggestions, by the way, that you guys might have that, where the show can be more of a blessing, don't hesitate to send an email, go to the website. There's a contact us page. Send a text, whatever you want. Just don't do it at 3 in the morning. Okay, Great. All right. Uh, this is the last portion of Ezra. We just talked about him. You hear this. I tore my clothing, pulled my hair from my head and my beard, and sat down utterly shocked. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel came and sat with me because of this unfaithfulness of his people. And I sat there utterly appalled until the time of the evening sacrifice. Ezra is this portion in Scripture. Remember, this is Holy Writ, the Holy Spirit using the authors, not denying their personality, but communicating the message he wanted to say. It's not a dictation format. It's a partnership format. Tells us that those of us who tremble at the word of God, tremble is both awe and in, I mean, both awe as in just awe-inspiring and reverence and also trembling because the judgment of God is real and it's, it's, you know, that's not a a little thing. The thing that moved on the people who were diligent in respecting the word of God and the law of God was they were absolutely appalled by the unfaithfulness. And that's how we should be. No, I'm not telling you to be legalistic. It just should be something in us that goes, it's bad. That's bad. 
that the representation of Jesus Christ is less. It's already, let me just say this in a nice way, it's already hard in a certain sense where you're trying to walk it right and do it right, and then you know you're falling short and you're not doing that perfectly. But it's even worse when somebody is proclaiming the name of Christ, and many people have done this in the political realm and in the media realm, and it's nauseating, and it should irritate you, and it should bother you, and it should create a sense of appallingness, and it should be utterly shocking that these people would name the name of Christ and know nothing of him and then claim to represent him. That's horrible. That's horrible. And what we need to do is shine brighter in the midst of darkness that's getting more dense and even, if it's possible, even more dark. Remember what they said about uh, when the darkness fell on the land of Egypt? It was so dark they could feel it. It's like, well, you can't feel darkness. Yeah, well, tell it to the Egyptians. That's the whole point. We want our light to shine that people can see the difference from the darkness. Okay? You are a light. You are a reflection of the light of the world. You are a reflection of Jesus Christ, and you are growing more and more and more into his image. Hallelujah. That's great. God will get you there. Okay? All right. Taking our break. We'll be done for today. Getting ready for tomorrow. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.